The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison, a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me, fellow contributor and hopefully optimism train conductor, uh, Mr. Akshaz Tivadula. Akshaz, how's it going, man? That's a, that's a lot to put on me, Robert. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm like, so uh, I know. Um, I'm a little, I, I'm dealing with the pressure, but you know, I'm doing good. I'm, um, I'm excited to see some more football this week. I completely forgot yep. Thursday night football is happening and I completely forgot. Mm-hmm. I may have some added incentive oh. in the game. I completely. Oh, is it, is it not just <laughs> betting corner time? <laughs> we don't have to talk about that, but you know, I'm excited <laughs> for the kind of get the taste of Monday night completely out of our mouths and. Yeah. on to a new week yeah yeah it's been a, a short week for the players been a short week for us here at the uh the podcast right because we, we it feels like we just we just did this um which is true every week because we pretty much keep the general same recording schedule but i think it's the fact that it was like the game was monday night and then we were recording immediately after like i like i said last time we we generally have a couple of days in between recording if the game's on sunday so uh that gives us a little more time to to kind of live with it one way or the other. And this time we didn't really have that option. Um, and then of course, uh, let's, let's just jump. Let's just do the timeline thing. It, it got weirder, uh, yesterday when, cause obviously the players had Tuesday off cause they usually have Monday off for a Sunday game. They had Tuesday off. Um, and come find out, um, in the middle of the week, uh, the, it, it turns out that uh, Brock Purdy was in uh, the concussion protocol uh, because he was starting to feel um, symptoms on their flight home on Monday night. Um, real super. Um, so that, of course, was making was everybody freaking out because it's a short week, uh, as I said, from the 49ers perspective. Um, everybody's like, oh, gracious, here we go. Like, is it going to be Sam Darnold time? Um, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure the chatter on the internet was 
this is why you don't trade Trey Lance, that whole blah, 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 blah thing was going on, right? Um, I didn't really dive into it because I just just knew exactly what <laughs> what it was that was going on. Um, I, I did see somebody on Twitter who was like, don't <laughs> – uh, Trey Lance's name is trending. Do not look. It's not worth your time. Um, and I can I can certainly uh, imagine that that would be the case. Uh, but neither here nor there. Um, well, it it appears that we're heading in the right direction. We're we usually uh, wait on the the injury stuff until we talk about it. Um, talk about the game more generally. Uh, but obviously the Niners are hosting the Bengals uh, Sunday afternoon. Um, it's the CBS sort of prime spot you know so you got tony romo uh and uh and that group uh calling the game whether or not that makes any difference for you it makes a difference for me because it is once again a game i can watch from the comfort of my home my own home which is like four weeks in a row which is really cool uh for me um but uh it appears from a from an injury standpoint as far as brock purdy is concerned he practiced in a limited capacity my understanding, I'm not a doctor, but I read uh, read the opinion of a doctor on Twitter today um, <laughs> who uh, said that uh, this appears to be either step three or four in the uh, or four step four out of five. He says it appears this is Dr. Narav Pan- Pandya, um, who I've, I've seen in various places like we'll chime in on stuff like this before. Uh, what he said was, uh, based on the NFL concussion protocol, this would appear to be step four out of five. Step four is partip- participation in non-contact treating drills during this phase. Neuro slash balance testing has to return to baseline before heading to step five, which is clearance for contact. And so, as that came on Thursday and not later in the game, that's going to make us feel a lot better about the whole thing, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think he's definitely trending in the right direction. and. It's always tough, the protocol and the concussion and situation in general, because I think in an ideal world, we'd be able to really separate this out and give him like a full week mm-hmm. or so at a minimum to kind of completely get over it. And concussion symptoms can sometimes be, you know, not reported and you don't know. Like Brock Purdy is a gamer, and I just worry that that plays in part into his like decision whether or not to mention something if it means he'd be able to play or not so i'm hopeful that everything will be resolved and he'll be all good to go but i i say that cautioning again that you know if it's not the case and if something even small is still popping up that's the most important thing is that he makes sure that everything's all right yeah yeah for sure um i don't know if you saw the 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 play that the, sus- the the suspicion going around on when uh the the concussion took place i mean it seems reasonable it was on i think the the first attempt at the quarterback sneak remember they ran two mm-hmm. in a row and the first one he kind of hopped on he kind of got over top of the pile as opposed to getting underneath it and one of the vikings players came in pretty hard and you can see his head bounce um luckily it wasn't like off a turf or anything but it he definitely like hit him pretty hard um, of course, of course, this didn't get discovered until later in the game. Nothing was called on the field, in spite it being impact to the head at that particular point. I believe the Vikings player um, was uh, there was suspicion of a fine for the hit. Of course, nothing happened on the field, so that doesn't help us at all. But um, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I think um, hopefully everything will be moving forward. I'm not terribly concerned about like 
practice reps or anything like this at, at this juncture, I feel like he's got a pretty good handle on what he needs to do and all that kind of stuff. And I think from a, from a mental perspective, um, it he'll, he'll be okay. Um, in spite of the fact that it's a brain injury, um, in terms of those kinds of things. I mean, if you remember the, the game against Seattle last season, the regular season game against Seattle that he started, he didn't throw a football until like Sunday afternoon before the game and he was fine. So, um, again, it's just about making sure that he's healthy and good to go. Um, as far as that's concerned, this does kind of, uh, if that is indeed when he got the concussion, I don't know if you've seen this conversation kind I've of spreading this, around. Yeah, it's very interesting. Like he was playing really well and then that play happened and then he, it coincides pretty perfectly with where the game fell apart from him, from his perspective. And you got to wonder if that's playing into it. So it's hard only because concussions in the NFL are really like weird. Concussions themselves are weird. I'm mean, again, not a doctor, no clue. Exactly, <laughs> like couldn't tell you how and where like this all like works out. But all I could say is that like, if it is, if he's feeling symptoms immediately after that, and that's like having a very adverse impact, like it completely makes sense. And I think, it's hard because some like a couple of his throws, like his interception to Jennings, right? That's a timing thing. I think Troy Aikman said it as much on the broadcast where it looks terrible, but that's because Jennings kind of gets pushed off his, his rhythm off his route by Harrison mm-hmm. Smith. The second interception is like just a ridiculously bad play. And I caution like, I don't know how comfortable I am saying, yeah, he was concussed, so he threw that ball. That's kind of a, that's a weird thing for me to say. But I definitely think you can kind of see him, like, you can see, the, like, the stats don't lie. It's very clear that he played worse following the play. It's just hard to really pick out what the cause was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, neither of us are doctors, and nor do either of us play one on TV or anywhere else. Um, but yeah, I mean, there does seem to be a correlation to everything that happened after that play. Um, well, not immediately after that play, because the next thing that happened was he ran another QB sneak and got two yards and got the first down. Um, but yeah, from there on out, the the things that happened certainly. It's interesting, um, for sure. Like, if that is the case, you, it certainly makes sense why, if if it took, even if it didn't hit him immediately, but it was maybe he was feeling the cobwebs a little bit. He's like, oh, you know, something's a little off, but didn't feel like it was enough to report. And clearly, um, the person whose job it is to re- to report those things, because they're they're supposed to be like an independent person up in the booth watching for those types of situations. He didn't even he or she, whoever that might that person might be, didn't see enough to notice. Um, I don't know. The whole thing feels weird and like somebody messed up, but maybe again, he didn't show any symptoms. Cause I don't know. I'm not really sure what the protocol is from there, from that perspective. Like if they see a hit to the head, are they supposed to call it down and say, Hey, you might want to look at this or, or what? I'm not really sure, but you would have thought, cause again, looking at that particular play, it was pretty, pretty violent and you can pretty easily see. And now granted this is in slow motion, after the game has happened, but you can see like it's a it's a pretty simple blow to or a pretty easy blow to the head uh, in terms of like recognizing that it happened. Not easy <laughs> as in taking it, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this works out um, again. I'm not I'm not concerned about him from like, I don't I don't think he needs to practice reps or anything leading into this game. Um, but um, 
yeah. Like if if the way that it works out for the rest of the week is Sam Darnold gets the gets the practice reps on the just in case kind of thing, I, I still think if Purdy's ready to go on Sunday, he'll be he'll be fine. Yeah, I think he's kind of earned. Like beyond the fact that like he'll be fine, I don't think we're worried about him playing. He's also, I think, earned on this team that like respect of like, hey, if you can like play Sunday, you're gonna be there Sunday. Which is really a testament to how much he's won over this coaching staff because mm-hmm. that's not nothing to say for a second year quarterback. It's like get out there and we like we're a hundred percent sure that you're gonna be you're gonna be our best option. Um, for sure. Um, other injury news, uh, Devo Samuel's still out. He'll be out for at least, um, this week. Uh, there, the, I guess the, the plan is they'll check on him over the, the bye week and see how he's doing and see if he'll be ready to go when they travel to Jacksonville the week after that, which is not ideal, but there you go. Uh, Trent Williams still has not practiced this week. Um, uh, again, I similar kind of situation. Obviously, he's a, a longtime veteran um, who does not need to be out there putting extra mileage on his ankle if the situation doesn't require it. But and, but the, the thing is, and this is the way it always is, we have no indication. All we know is he didn't practice. We don't know how he's doing in terms of like, is he working on the side and kind of doing like mini rehab stuff or what? Um, or is they or are they just like, you know, Trent? You take care of yourself. If we'll check you again over the weekend, if you're if you're good to play, you'll, you're good to play. Um, that's kind of how I read it, but I don't I don't know if they're if I'm looking at it differently. Um, and then other than that, everybody else is good to go. Uh, Christian McCaffrey full practice. Um, Drake Greenlaw full practice. Um, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles is good um, from his ankle injury, and uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, Greenlaw didn't practice on Wednesday, but that was a, a resting situation. Uh, but he was good on Thursday. So um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like because Trent Williams was questionable last week. So I imagine that's probably the designation that will stay on him. And then so long as Purdy passes the concussion protocol, he'll be good to go. That's the only thing keeping him out at this point. So um, not a terrible situation other than the fact that the quarterbacks i mean given where we were like yesterday uh afternoon when it was announced that he was in the concussion protocol i feel pretty good about that for the most part i think yeah i think we're um we're doing pretty good in terms of health keeping in mind that like Devo can't play i think for trent it's literally going to be a question of am i going to like completely tear apart this ankle because heading into the bye two, I think gives, and I'm not like advocating for this. I think this is probably like a (laughs) terrible way to think about it, but you kind of, I can see the logic being, look, I can gut it out and maybe it's going to get like bad, but now I have a week to let it really rest. So I'll Mm -hmm. push, push through it. Yeah. I mean, the flip side of that is Jalen Moore actually did fairly decently. I think, In the game, I mean, uh, there wasn't a lot of run push from that right. side, but you know, Purdy didn't get decked by right the Moore, the, the right hand side. Um, of course, okay. the the flip side of that is um, the main pass rusher for the Vikings pretty much picked on Colton McKivitz the entire time. I believe mm-hmm. Trey Hendrickson, uh, the Bengals' uh, defensive uh, end, is more of a left tackle kind of guy. So that will certainly uh, be interesting to see how that plays out Uh, from a Bengals perspective. um, 
they have five guys listed on their injury report. Uh, linebacker Akeem Davis-Gathier uh, has not practiced this week with a with a knee injury. Um, offensive tackle Orlando Brown has been uh, limited this week with a groin injury. Uh, linebacker Devin Harper has uh, a an, an hamstring, but he's been full practice. Same for defensive tackle Josh Tupou. Uh, with a toe injury. And then uh, running back Chase Brown was limited in practice on Thursday after not uh, having designation on Wednesday. So um, nothing major there. Obviously, the the big thing is that Joe Burrow, who's been suffering uh, through a calf injury, um, I'm not sure if they've been listing him on the on the injury report in uh, past weeks or, or anything like that. But he's he's not here right now, uh, which is all that we need to know. Um, uh and just kind of looking back, it looks like they haven't really been been listing him uh, at least the last couple of weeks of the season. He was on there earlier in the year, um, but has not been for the last couple of weeks. Um, so he's the one to watch, obviously, coming out of a bye week. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that how that plays out. But um, any names stand out to you on that on that list for uh, the Bengals? I mean, Orlando Brown is the only big one if he's not good to go. That's that's their left tackle. That's kind of the most important part of their team, especially when you think about what should hopefully be a 49ers pass rush getting actually like involved in the game. But other than that, I think, um, no, it's not really a particularly concerning list. The, the Bengals are in this situation where their health is a lot more of like guys who have been kind of hurt throughout the year and are still kind of hurt, Burrow's the best example. And kind of, they won't list them, but they might not be 100% when they play. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's uh, that's where we are at this point. So, um, all right. So let's uh, let's get into uh, the, the meat and potatoes of the episode now that we've uh, talked about those injuries for a long period of time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and so we'll do, as as we always do, is talk about our reasons for optimism and reasons for concern. This uh, optimism section may be getting harder and harder as this losing streak goes on. But, uh, Akshaz, I'll uh, turn it over to you to see what you got as far as optimism. So I think part of optimism comes from, hey, maybe like Joe Burrow is still not 100% there and the Niners are able to get home on him. But that's more like a hope that like a player isn't, 100% healthy, so I'm not really going to talk about that. I do think that the Niners have a chance offensively to get back on track. So the Cincinnati allows their opponents to get 7.2 yards per pass attempt, and I just think, and they allow their opponents to get 5.0 yards per rush attempt. This is not a bad defense, I want to emphasize, but they're clearly, you've been able to get yards on them, and I think for the 49ers, We've had some red zone efficiency issues the last couple of weeks, but just being able to string drives might be the biggest difference between this team kind of miring in its offensive like mediocrity the last two weeks and getting back on track. So I like I like seeing McCaffrey and Ayuk have big games. I think Kittle might be involved. The Bengals have one linebacker, Logan Wilson, who's very, very good, but the 49ers the team that's kind of uniquely equipped to deal with good linebackers is who are you going to put them on? Are you going to put them on George Kill or are you going to put them on Christian McCaffrey? I think that's the big thing here. Just the offense has, has a chance to get yards in a hurry. And I think if they can kind of control the game, 
it won't matter as much how the defense plays against Burrow and the Bengals offense. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was kind of the similar things that I was going to say um, as well. Uh, their run defense is pretty bad, um, both in terms of total yards, uh, which is 29th in the league at 857 total yards uh, through six games. And then the you noted the, the five yards per carry, which is 30th in the league. Somehow that's not the worst in the NFL, uh, which is just crazy because they're literally giving up a first down wow. every other <laughs> every other um <laughs> rushing attempt which is just nuts um I, I i yeah that's that's crazy um and 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 frankly that's that is the thing that you want to key in on and um is is really find ways and this this would be a this is a, a thing where you really wish the debo samuel are healthy because you, you kind of want that other um another way to sort of take advantage of their rush defense, right. Um, to find a way to, 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 to really do that against this team that has struggled to stop the run, um, in, in the, so far this year. Um, and obviously having McCaffrey, the, the NFL's leading rusher will help. You, you gotta hope that, um, the plan will also include maybe somebody like Jordan Mason, who will just provide a different type of rushing style, um, he's, he's, he's got a little Debo in him when he's got the ball in his hands. I think that that's safe to say, you know, just looking to like knock somebody over and, and run through them rather than around them. Um, I don't know, maybe this is a game where Elijah Mitchell can, can get some carries and, and, and take advantage of, of that situation. But you really hope that they, that the Niners who've not run the ball particularly well over the course of the last couple of weeks and during this losing streak, that this is a time where they can find that a little bit which will then open up passing opportunities against a team that's, you know, done their sort of middle of the road uh, against the pass. They're, they're 13th in yards allowed um, and uh, 16th in yards per attempt, um, which is at six yards uh, per attempt. But um, that, of course, uh, is is a, 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 a number that you'd like to see that you could take advantage of. But to me, and this seems like a really strange thing to say, it, I think the ball control element of this is of this game is really important, and we'll get into that when we when we talk about the um, about the uh, the reasons for concern. But of course, there's also uh, things like um, whether or not they've been able to figure out this offensive line. Um, there, I think it's it's been better right so far this year than it has been in the last couple of seasons, uh, where their where their situation uh, from a uh, especially from a passing protect situation has been really poor. Uh, Joe Burrow has been stacked 14 times um, so far this season, which is 5.7% uh, uh, sack rate, which is not horrible um, by any stretch of the imagination. It's certainly an improvement over, over where they've been, it feels like. Um, but it does feel like there are ways to to kind of work through this and hopefully, as you said, uh, get the, uh, the offensive line um, in better shape. Um, or to take advantage of, sorry, the defensive line in better shape and really turn the pressures into sacks. Um, and then, of course, you wonder is, as you mentioned, is Joe Burrow healthy? Um, he had a week off with the bye week. It, it, the, the plan for them has always been to sort of grow into things. Um, but it's strange because even as they're, as from an offense perspective, as they've kind of grown into it, they've still been like fits and starts, like three points against Cleveland in week one. 24 against the Ravens in week two, but then just 19 against the Rams in week three, then three points again against the Titans, 34 against the Cardinals, and then just 17 
against the Seahawks, albeit in a winning uh, fashion in that particular week. So they've been very up and down offensively. They've been, um, it's just, you know, it, it's certainly a, as Joe Burrow goes, so goeth the rest of the offense. I think that's pretty safe to say. Um, they've not run the ball particularly well either. Uh, they're, they're season high of, for rush yards, it's just 93 yards. So that's something that you got to watch out for, um, for the 49ers too, is, is really, again, like we said last week, making them one dimensional and, and then figuring out a way to make that work in your favor. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Yeah, I mean, I think if we jump into the reasons for concern, it's it's the defense. It's just the defense. Like, I mean, Am I worried that the offense might struggle? Yeah, but I don't think you can like anticipate that, right? I think that's one of those um the game plays out that way and on Monday or Tuesday we sit back and we reflect upon how how we got here. But I do think this is a game where you can I can see the 49ers defense completely fail to readjust itself despite the offensive line issues the Bengals have. And it starts because Joe Burrow is and I will say this, I'm not a huge Joe Burrow fan. I think he's a great quarterback, right? He's definitely mm-hmm. solid top 10 quarterback, but I don't think he should be in the conversations people put him in, which is basically with Patrick Mahomes. I don't know about that. I think he's um he's got some limitations that kind of stop that from being the case, but he's very, very good. He's very, very smart which is important because you can't call 20 blitzes like the 49ers tried to do against Kirk Cousins. Burrow will eat you alive with that. Mm-hmm. And more importantly than any of this, the 49ers got lit up by Jordan Addison, KJ Osborne, I think Brandon Powell, because Osborne mm-hmm. went out and Addison went out, TJ Hawkinson. Jamar Chase is better than all those guys. Yep. Tyler Boyd is probably better than all those guys. And T. Higgins, even though he's had a terrible, terrible season, Talent-wise, probably better than all those guys. The Bengals, at their best, are a three-headed monster of a passing attack that can just rip apart even the best of secondaries. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we just spent a week watching the 49ers secondary get absolutely manhandled by the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. So I think, you know, Mooney Ward had the interception, had an almost interception that Addison got for that touchdown. <laughs> but didn't play particularly well beyond that. Lenore, same thing, was not particularly great. 
Isaiah Oliver is kind of mediocre. That's which is like an okay baseline for your nickel corner, but secondary really struggled against Minnesota and the Bengals are a team that if you're not able to cover their receivers, it doesn't matter how good the offense is playing. The 49ers are going to lose this game. Yeah. Yeah. That was, those those are my exact thoughts. I was like, they had trouble with Kirk cousins and the trio of wide receivers. Um, for the Vikings and Joe Burrow is probably a better player uh, than Kirk Cousins. He's at least like more theoretically more, you know, elusive and that sort of thing um, than Cousins. And Jamar Chase is far and away better than anybody on the current active roster for the Vikings as far as receivers are concerned. Um, so it's it's kind of nuts. Um, Jamar Chase has already been has already been targeted 73 times in six games. Um 50 catches, 556 yards. That's that's absolutely nuts. Um, it's not a particularly high uh, a average, actually. It's only 11.1 yards per catch. But hey, that's a first down every time you catch the ball. That's that'll 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 do you. Um, of course, some of that is weighted heavily by that one game where what did he have like 200 and something odd yards that one and that one like game. 14, 15 receptions. Too. Yeah, yeah. So really heavily weighted there. The so if you took that out, it's like less less significant. Those other a uh, couple of games, but as I said, they've been very, very, very up and down offensively, but he's certainly somebody that you have to be concerned about. Um, and if you focus all your attention on him, Tyler Boyd, as you noted, T Higgins are, those are good enough receivers to take advantage of the fact that you're like, okay, well, Jamar chase number one's not going to stop, not going to beat us. Well, Tyler Boyd can probably beat you. T Higgins can, can probably beat you on his day. Um, and so that has to be concerning, uh, as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, it pretty much comes down to that. Like it's, is, can the defense be just good enough, uh, to kind of let the offense figure itself out? Like if, cause if the offense does what it's capable of, then you feel pretty confident that they can at least hang in this game. Right. Um, but I, I don't know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting matchup for sure. Um, uh, there's, there's a strange, the, the, the way that the, the, I'm trying to think of the words that I'm trying to say, uh, the way that the matchups kind of, kind of work out. It's, it's interesting because again, the Bengals don't, don't stop the run particularly well. The 49ers should theoretically be able to run the ball well, but have not been able to lately. Um, the, the Niners passing defense has been really suspect, um, of late and is something that you're, that, that, that the Bengals should theoretically be really good um, at given their trio of wide receivers. And so it's going to be really interesting to see can, can the Niners figure out a way to just do enough? Cause I think actually this is going to be one of that's, that's how this game is going to be won. Like this is not, I, I, I think both teams are fairly evenly matched in spite of their records. Uh, the Bengals were three and three coming into this game. And in spite of the fact that the the Bengals have been very up and down on both sides of the ball, really, so far this year, um, I, I think in in a in a sort of like all things considered type of world, if you just kind of put the two teams on the field in the best case scenario, those are pretty two, pretty you know pretty evenly matched teams uh, across the board, not in the same ways, but in 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 the whole of the thing. Yeah, I mean, I think you know the 49ers, the theoretical like. 
upside they have or their edge that they have on any team except like Philly is yeah. that they can match stars on offense and defense. So, you know, their offense may not be the best in the league talent wise, but it's pretty close. And I think Cincinnati matches them there. But in theory, the 49ers defense should be significantly more talented right. than their counterparts in Cincinnati. But, you know, at the end of the day, they've played ridiculously poorly mm-hmm. for the last um, for the last two games, I think, against quarterbacks who are not like good enough to warrant the kind of stats they put up and with a lot of like concerning outcomes and a lot of important aspects. So, I mean, I don't know. It's a stressful, it's a stressful game because (laughs) we've seen the 49ers play some of the best. I think they might have had other than Miami putting 70 up against the Broncos, probably like the best game in the NFL when they dismantled the Cowboys like that, like, that level of domination from a team against what is still a very good opponent, that's like that's up there. So they can do it. They can stop a good offense with a great offensive line and all that. Because they did it. They just need mm-hmm. to find that like find that part of their game. I think they've been missing that recently. Yeah. Well, and I think to to your point, I think there's an argument to be made that is the best win of the season so far. Simply because the Broncos are just not good. Um, And yeah, they put up 70 points. But some of that is just like they started they kept scoring points when the Broncos had very clearly like, hey, we're we're good. Like white flag, please stop. And they just kept kept on doing it. And that's just mean. Um, So I think there's a case to be made that the the Niners win over the Cowboys was the most like convincing win of the season so far, the most impressive win of the season so far. And that is certainly the game that makes you go, okay, well, the Bengals, there's a lot of similarities between the Bengals and the uh, and the Cowboys in a lot of ways. I think that the Cowboys defense is probably better than the Bengals defense. And yet the 49ers um, did what they did. And so that is the one that makes you go, okay, like they have it in them, right? They can, they can put up a lot of points on a good defense. Um, and so the Bengals are, you know, they're a pretty good defense. They're not, in that Dallas conversation or anywhere near Cleveland or anything like that. But then you look at what Minnesota was able to do and you're like, well, Minnesota is probably in that same etch, you know, that same tier as, as Cincinnati's defense. And they held them to 17 points, just the same. Um, Who knows? I mean, this is the circumstances from week to week are impossible to tell. Um, And I, I just don't know, but um. I don't know. This is weird because it's <laughs> we had such confidence for the first five weeks, and I feel like it's been sucked out of us a little bit. Um, and for the first time, as we as we as we transition into the predictions for the first time this year, I just genuinely don't know what to say. <laughs> so I don't know what what <laughs> I don't know what to do. Like I wrote something down. I, I, I and I'm and I'm going to say what I wrote down because I feel like this, you know. It's, I feel pretty confident about it, but also I should note, I think if I remember correctly, um, when I did win loss predictions, like way back, like when they released the the schedule, I think, and then maybe soon after that, I think I always predicted this as a loss uh, for the Niners. I'd have to go back and check that just because theoretically coming into this year, the Bengals were a, a Super Bowl caliber team that I thought the 49ers would have trouble with. That could still be the case, but right now that would be super troubling. And so I don't want to like even talk about that as a possibility anymore. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's so tough because the Bengals are in a kind of weird, like much longer drawn out way. They're similar to where the Niners are right now, where we know that the Bengals can be good, right? Like you get like the right, the right situation. We expect the Bengals to reach that caliber. We know this year the 49ers are good, but they haven't played up to that in the last couple of weeks. So part of it's like, you know, I think San Francisco should be able to get back, get that like edge. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati walks, like comes home, sees a potential Super Bowl competitor in the 49ers and decides to like, like, yeah, let's, let's show them what we're made of and absolutely like reawakens mm-hmm. the talent, kind of this, like the talent that we saw in a team that was like a couple of plays away from going to the Super Bowl. And, and a couple of plays away from winning the Super Bowl two years yep. ago against the Rams. Like, they very well could have won that game. Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting. All right, so let's just do it. Let's just pull the Band-Aid off and, and see how we feel. Um, I, 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 guess I'll, I guess I'll go first in this one. Um, so I think this is a game where we're just going to – we're not going to feel good about it through much of the game. Like, it's going to be frustrating, and it's going to be back and forth, and it's going to be like, uh, like – nobody wants to watch this anymore kind of thing. But um, I, I think it's going to be kind of high scoring a little bit. Um, and I'm going to go 28, uh, 24. I think the 49ers win it um, in a situation where they finally are able to figure out how to overcome the end of the game situation, which they haven't been able to do the last two weeks. That's what I'm going to say. So we still have a lot of questions about the defense at the end of this game, but at least we're happier about it. <laughs> If that's such a thing. I I like where you're going. I'm kind of in a similar score range, but I don't think the 49ers are going to win this game. I think, I think regardless of how much the Bengals have struggled, Jamar Chase is way better than anyone the 49ers dealt with last week. This defense is still really scuffling to figure out its exact identity. And I think you add on no Debo again, and just potentially no Trent Williams. And I just have the feeling that this is going to be one of those things where this team is going to have to like sort itself out and really go into the bye thinking what happened and how are we going to get better? You know, so I'm going to go 31, 27. I think, I think the Bengals will, will make us a little more, make us see for a couple of weeks before we can kind of see this team. Solve I don't itself. like, I don't like it. I don't, why do you got to do that? I'm just well, um, <laughs> last time, last time I predicted the 49ers loss. This is true. That worked out so, for us. You know, it's, it's true. That that was a, a massive victory that last time. So hopefully Akshaz is a negative reverse jinx something. I don't know what that is. Uh, too many, too many negative reverses. But um, again, I it, like I, I said, uh, I'm calling for a close game. I think you're also calling for a close game in both directions, right? In either direction. But I don't. I mean, I mean, would you be surprised if this is a blowout on either side? A little bit. I mean, because we were shocked about the Cowboys thing, but it it's in play, right? I think I would if the like the thing is right. I can. I would be shocked depending on how it happens because I can see like if we go through like best case, worst case, blah blah blah, like all the different like scenarios. I can tell you how I think the Bengals put like 50 up on the 49ers and this game is disgustingly terrible. Like that's actually not 
which is concerning. That's not hard for me to imagine. I can also see the 49ers like actually playing well for the first time in three weeks and like completely cruising against a team that has not played super consistently well. But if you tell me like Joe Mixon rushes for a buck 75 and two touchdowns, I wouldn't be able to see that happen. And I would be like, if you thought last week was bad in terms of <laughs> podcast talking about like the team getting concerned and frustrated with what's going on. I mean, you wouldn't, I would be must much must listen to podcast. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so. I would just I would just start at the beginning and be like, all right, well, here's the podcast, and now Akshay is gonna rant for 45 minutes. I'll see you guys <laughs> on the flip side. Um, yeah, that would be super frustrating. Uh, um, I don't know. It's uh, I don't. This this is definitely one of those games that I'm like, man, I'm really glad I can watch this from the court, the comfort of my own home because. I would be real sad and or angry if I, I just foresee like even if they end up winning the game, I, f- I foresee a situation where I'm just I'm just going to be very frustrated and stewing the entire time. So I'm I'm, I'm OK with that. Um, yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> good news is, is that after this we get we'll do and we'll do next week's reaction pod and then we don't have to then we don't have to think about specific things. Uh, a specific game immediately after that. So maybe we'll do something, I don't know, in the in the in the in between for the bye week. Uh we'll have to talk about that. But I think uh, at this point we're just we just just gotta hope that they can actually write the ship against you know it would it would make sense of course that that they would they would struggle against two teams that they definitely one hundred percent should have beat and then they come in against a team that's probably on paper better than the two teams that they played thus far on the whole and and just like run ragged on them so (laughs) i'm I'm okay with that but that that'd be hilarious um all right akshaz any uh final thoughts on this one before we uh before we uh head off and and then just do a lot of just hoping everything works out kind of thing honestly usually because usually i have like something like super well not to toot my own horn but i think i have something super like oh, wow, like, the football, being a fan is super, like, cool and fun, and there are all these, like, <laughs> beautiful emotions you feel. Right yeah. now, the only thing I'm thinking of is they better win in Cincinnati because as much as a team's, like, season can be on the line in, what, what is this, week eight, mm-hmm. I really think this is, like, if they don't find a way to win this game, the expectation, the, like, tenor of this season changes. We yeah. go from, like, Regular season is tuning up. You're getting to the playoffs. You got to be able to win in the playoffs. To how are they going to make it yeah. into the playoffs? Are they going to win the division? Like the questions change. So they better. Yeah. They got to be. They got to win this game. That's all I got to say. And yet you predicted them to lose. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, uh, we'll 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 wrap this one up. So <laughs> thanks, Akshaz, for your final thoughts. Um, not quite as optimistic as 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 I as I hoped at the beginning of the of the episode, but there we are. Um, well, thanks uh, to you out there for listening to this episode of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Uh, please continue to check out NinerNoise.com through uh, this weekend and then throughout the bye week that will come. We'll have lots of good stuff for you. Uh, for all your latest 49ers news and analysis. And be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And of course, share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends. 
So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.